too hard last night. We went to bed at like 9.30 and then woke up at midnight when our neighbors um, put on their own fireworks display for the new year. So um, we're here and we're happy that you're here and we welcome you. We welcome those of us, those of you who are joining us online. We're glad that you're with us as well. And um, I hear that we're, we've got a birthday in the house, Dick Thompson. Oh. <laughs> oh, you, somebody ratted you out. And so we're going to sing happy birthday to Dick, because that's what happens when you come to church on your birthday. Oh. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Dick. Happy birthday to you. All right, and at this time we're also going to dismiss our kids. I don't see any kids. There's no kids. Who's, where's Gwen? Oh, okay. We're going to dismiss the kids. The kid, the kiddo, and um, start our time of worship together. So if you would, oh, when you came in, did you grab a communion cup? Did everyone get a communion cup? Did everyone get a piece of paper? If you did not, raise your hand and someone will bring something to you uh, if, you're, if you would like to participate in communion. We've got a couple over here, one in the middle. We're going to be taking communion together today. This is going to be a prayer service today, a guided prayer service. Um, so why don't we start off by um, singing Sweet Hour of Prayer. If you would stand with us, we will sing together.
if you haven't met me, my name is Nathan. Uh, chances are I haven't spoken to you because I'm a wee bit of an introvert. Um, my wife, you may have talked to, she's just a wee, maybe this much more social than me. A little bit more social than me. Um, so if you haven't guessed yet, by Elena saying things are going to be different, we're going to have a time of prayer this morning. Well, things are going to be different, and we like shaking things up. Uh, for the last several years, we have celebrated this first Sunday of the new year in prayer, and this is very intentional. We want to invite Christ into our journey in the new year um, and make sure that our focus is on Him, because it's through Him that we are supposed to view this world. It's through him we are supposed to learn how do we love people, how we care for people, how we holistically take care of everyone. This morning we're going to be taking care, or I'm a little nervous to shake this off. I, I teach online sometimes and I don't get this nervous, but a little nervous this morning. Um, but we're going to be doing four different times of prayer this morning. The first one is going to be looking at lament. Uh, the second one, we're going to do a time of Thanksgiving, and this will be a corporate time of Thanksgiving. It should be fun, um, and not the kind of fun that a teacher says, oh, this will be fun, but <laughs> this should be fun. Um, and then we're going to be doing a confession. Well, that should be fun. Um, and then we're going to be moving into an invitation or inviting God into 2023, um, knowing that God is already there with us, but we need to be purposeful in inviting God into our plans. Each one of these times is going to be a little bit different. They're going to have teaching, they're going to have prayer, but they're going to be a little bit different. So let's take a few moments to pray before we start, and then we'll dive right in. Father God, we invite you into this morning. Christ, we invite you into our journey in 2023, knowing that you are already here with us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you come and be present with us. We are expectant of your movement. May you all be with us this morning. Amen. So we often don't talk about lament in the church, or at least our church. Um, some churches are really heavy on lament, uh, but our church, we don't necessarily talk about lament because, hey, lament is not necessarily exciting. It's not necessarily joyful, and we typically like to celebrate joy as humans. Pain is awkward. Hurt, well, it just doesn't feel good. Uh, when somebody says, hey, I'm hurting, we may not know what to say. We might say, well, I'm going to pray for you. And then we pray for them, and then we go on with our way. It doesn't matter whether you follow Christ or you don't. You're going to experience pain in this life. The moments where the depths of our hurt hurt so bad, we may not have the words to say what we are feeling. It's kind of like reaching into that bag of potato chips with a cut on your hand and realizing that hey, it's really salty and that hurts. Sometimes pain hurts that bad, except it goes on for a long time. We try to explain this hurt or pain, and we can't. So what do we do? We ask God, where are you? But we're greeted with silence. Deep down, we know that the Lord, he's always present with us, but we may not feel him. An old Quaker pastor I know specifically addresses pain at Christmas time. And you think, well, that's kind of awkward. But he runs this service called a blue Christmas service, which is specifically for the people that you're, who have felt no joy, who have felt pain, who just can't get into the Christmas spirit. In this time, they're bathed in prayer. It's okay for them to just be. It's okay for them to cry in the church. This is really purposeful. 
because it gives them the opportunity to let go of everything before they try to experience the Emmanuel or God with us and experience his joy, his peace, his hope. If we look towards Scripture, which, hey, we all should be looking for Scripture in our church, right? We see a fully lived-out journey of lament in Job. I read in one book that, hey, Job's journey represents all of our journeys um, because we all experience lament. At moments in Job, he is outright blunt with God. I don't know if I'm as blunt as Job has been, but he's outright blunt with God. And he says things in chapter 3 like, God, I have no peace. I have no quietness. I have not had rest. I have only had trouble. And it goes on, and through Job's journey, he talks back and forth with God. And then in uh, chapter 30, we hear him say, God, I have cried to you, but you didn't answer. Maybe you've been in that state. I know I have. God, I've stood before you, but you didn't even look at me. Job recognizes that pain happens, that sorrow happens, and that we should openly invite God into that instead of washing it away. In the Psalms, you know, the book where we look for joyful celebration and thanksgiving, all these things that we really like to do, David talks about lament. He writes Psalms like, God, where are you? Or, God, my friends, they aren't here. All I have is enemies. Or, God, when times are rough, you're nowhere to be found. Or, God, you've been so angry at me for so long, how long will this last? These words, many of them, they're penned by David, a man after God's own heart, show this full human experience, this experience that we experience every day. An experience that goes from depression to joy, to joy to thanksgiving to depression. The valleys and the hills are many. In the New Testament, Jesus says to us, Come to me, all who are heavy laden, uh, who carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. This is an invitation into holy lament. It gives us space to say to Christ our Savior, Jesus, I desperately need you. Things aren't as they should be. God, please come close. We're going to spend a few moments in guided lament. Um, And if you need somebody to pray with, maybe your year has been one of these years where it's just pain and you need somebody to pray with. Uh, Ron here, Ron Curry, is free to pray with you. Pastor James is free to pray with you. And hey, probably the person next to you would love to pray with you. So as we pray over the next few minutes, I'm going to give you phrases to meditate on. Let's approach God's throne personally and corporately and share our burdens. I'm going to sit too. God, as we look forward to this new year, we invite you into the brokenness that we've experienced in this last year. Church, take a few moments to talk to God about the brokenness in our world. This year we've experienced wars. There's been a lot of dividing ideologies in our country. There's been a lot of lives lost. Take a few moments to ask God to be present in that brokenness.
take a few moments to invite God into the brokenness in our country. There's been rampant violence this year, racial divides, examples of us not loving each other as we're called to love each other. Invite God into that brokenness and ask him for healing. There's been brokenness in our city. I'm guessing that every one of you knows some family that is broken. Maybe it's your own. There's rampant hopelessness. There's crime. Take a moment to surrender all of this brokenness in our city to Christ. Maybe your journey has been a lot like Job's this year, where there's been a lot of pain and sorrow, where you've experienced brokenness personally. Perhaps there was a death in your family or a friend who died. Perhaps you know somebody who has cancer and it's been a really long journey this year. Perhaps there's an injury and pain just won't go away. Perhaps there's a broken relationship and you just don't know what to do. Take a few moments to invite Christ into those relationships and situations. Jesus says to us, come to me, the weary, come to me, the heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There are many brokennesses or uh, things that have not gone right that I haven't listed off for you to think about. Take a few moments to lay those burdens before Christ before we move into a time of thanksgiving. Father God, we know you were present with us in 2022. Even if we felt like you were distant, you were with us. Father, we surrender the brokenness of this past year and look forward to next year or today expectantly, knowing that you are going to be with us. Please bless the rest of our time as we move into a time of thanksgiving. Amen.
deep inside my heart I know you won I know you overcome even in the dark when I'm undone I still believe it I live by faith and not by sight sometimes miracles take time while I wait I will worship Lord I'll worship your name while I wait I will trust you Lord, I'll trust you all the same. When I fall apart, you are my strength.
still I'll trust you all the same. There we go. All right, good. We're off to a good start. Here we go. It's my turn. I'm Elena. I'm his wife. There you go. So just as it's important for us to be able to lament, to give our hurts and our sorrows and our grievances to God, Scripture clearly shows the importance of giving thanks for all the ways God has blessed us. The Old Testament talks about giving offerings of thanksgiving back to God. And it talks about thanking God and the assembly of the people as a way of giving testimony of God's goodness and his unfailing love. Well, we're an assembly of God's people, and so today we're going to give thanks to God together. Now, one of the duties of the Levite priests was to give thanks to God both morning and night, every day, on every Sabbath, and on all these other special occasions. Over and over, it describes scenes where the Israelites gather together, they give thanks, they sing praises, and one of my favorite examples of this comes from Psalm 40. Now, this psalm actually never uses the word thanks or thanksgiving, but it is full of thankfulness. So, uh, I would like you to just listen to Psalm 40, verses 1 through 11. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you have planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. I love how the psalmist talks about proclaiming God's saving acts in the great assembly and not shying away from talking about his righteousness and his love and faithfulness among all his people. So that's what we will do today. We are going to proclaim God's goodness to one another. 
And we're going to give thanks for all that he has done in our lives in the past year. I'd like you now to get into small groups of maybe four or five of the people um, close to you. And, um, you know, if you can include someone in your group that you're less familiar with, that would be great. So we can get to know each other a little bit better. And I want you to take some time together to celebrate God's faithfulness and love for you over the last year. Now, maybe this is something small. Maybe you had a year like Nathan talked about where things were really hard and you had a struggle to find any joy. But I want you to really dig deep and even if it's just the air that we breathe, find something to give thanks to God for, for this last year. And I want you to think about and share not just those physical blessings that God has given, but the spiritual blessings also. Maybe the Lord drew you into a deeper relationship with him this year. Maybe he helped you overcome an area of sin or of hardness of heart that you've been dealing with. Maybe there's someone in your life that you've been praying for who became a believer this year or who rededicated themselves to the Lord. Maybe you're the one who did that this year. I hope that you'll be willing to share these spiritual blessings and triumphs with one another along with the physical ones. And then after we've had some time together to give thanks in small groups, we'll come back together and I'll pray for us, thanking God for all that he's done in us and through us in 2022. So, break.
All right. I love to hear this happy noise. And I, I wish that we could just spend all day hearing about the wonderful things that are happening in each other's lives. And I'm so grateful that we have a, a church family that we can share these things with. Um, let's, let's just take a moment to pray and um, thank God for all these many, many blessings. Heavenly Father, you are so good, and your faithfulness never ends. Your love endures forever, and you have blessed us. You've blessed us beyond what we could ever hope for, and in ways um, that we didn't imagine that you would. And we say thank you to you. I know it's, it's not much, but we give you thanks. We give you thanks in the great assembly. And um, before each other, we, we share our thankfulness to you with one another. And Lord, I pray that as this year unfolds before us, that we would be able to see your hand moving, that when 2023 comes to an end, we'd be able to look back and have infinitely more things to be thankful for. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving us despite all of our um, mistakes and all of the ways that we um, mess up on a daily basis. You, you stick with us anyway, and we are so grateful. And most of all, Lord, we are grateful for Jesus. We're grateful for the gift of salvation that he has given us by dying on the cross. Um, that, is, that is a gift we can never repay. And um, so we'd simply say thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, another way that we give thanks is through our tithes and offerings. Uh, so we're going to take an offering this morning. Uh, so if we could have our ushers come forward, I will pray for the offering. Heavenly Father, we know you don't need our money. We know that uh, this is just a small token of our thankfulness. Um, but we give it freely, and we give it with joy and gratitude in our hearts. And we pray, Lord, that you would take these offerings, take these gifts, and use them for your glory and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.
Okay, me again. All right. So we have spent time lamenting. We've spent time crying out over pain and hardship, and we've taken the opportunity to thank God for the many ways that he's blessed us. And now we move into a time of confession and communion. If we're honest with ourselves, I think we can all admit that none of us is even close to perfect. No matter how hard we try, We all make mistakes. We all have errors in judgment. We all have moments in our interactions with others that are less than loving. We all make occasional choices that we shouldn't. The list goes on and on and on. I might tell you that I don't say these things to make you feel bad, but the truth is that we should feel guilty about our sins. Our sins are what separate us from God. And they are the reason that we need Jesus. Listen to what the Apostle John says in John chapter 1, verse 5 through 2, 2. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. My dear children, 
I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Well, that passage is worthy of a sermon unto itself, but for this morning, I just want to highlight that one verse, verse 9, that says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. This morning, we are going to make a confession together. Before we take communion and reaffirm our connection with Christ through his body and blood. The words of the confession are going to appear up on the screen. So let's say this together. And as we pray, if the Lord brings specific sins to your mind, take just a moment to confess them to him privately and ask for his forgiveness. Most merciful God, We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Be assured that God Almighty, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, forgives you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we recite together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Be seated. 1 Corinthians 11.28 says that everyone ought to examine themselves before participating in the Lord's Supper. And that's what we just did with our time of confession. And now we transition to our time of communion. We're going to sing a a communion song together as a way of preparing our hearts.
We don't require that you be a member of our church to take communion with us. 
But we do ask that you are actively pursuing a relationship with Christ. First Corinthians eleven twenty three through 26. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Go ahead and take out those wafers if you and get that top piece of plastic off. If you need help, ask your neighbor. It's not the easiest thing to do. And we will receive this together. To strengthen you on your journey, receive now this bread, the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed are you, Lord God, King of the universe, who brought forth your Son, the bread of heaven, on earth. His body was pierced and bruised for us. Take and eat. To comfort you on your journey, receive now this cup, the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. Blessed are you, Lord God, King of the universe, who created fruit from the vine, your Son, the true vine, the Lamb of God who takes away our sin. Father God, grant each of us the strength we need for today. Forgive us and raise us up to praise you. Take and drink. the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you in body and soul to life everlasting. Amen. Now Nathan's going to come up and lead us in our final section of prayer. So if you don't know me, which chances are I'm an introvert, you don't know me, um, I'm deep down a planner, and I'm a goal setter, and if you would talk to Elena, she would say, I have a plan for everything. I mean, everything. Like, hey, what happens if somebody dies in a fiery car wreck? Yeah, I've thought through that. Uh, what are we going to eat this week? Well, I've definitely thought through that because I like to eat. Um, you know, what flowers am I going to plant this year? Yeah, I'm going to rototill my whole backyard and plant flowers. So I have a plan for everything. I plan because I do this to combat the anxiety that runs deep within me. As we approach the ending of our service, we're going to specifically invite God into the new year. Well, God is always going to be in the new year, but we're going to invite him into the new year, so we are properly preparing. And as we do this, I'm reminded of the book of Jeremiah. In this book, we can see a lot about God. We can see that God is concerned about social justice. He's concerned with how we love people. We can see that God wants to be present with us. If we read Jeremiah 23, we find a verse that says, Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens? 
God wants to be with us. He wants to be with us in 2023. As we plan the new year, especially for those planners in the house, uh, like me, you have plans set out, like, I'm going to go on this trip. And we need to hold those plans loosely um, and ensure that we're inviting God into those plans because he has plans for us as well. One of the most quoted verses from Jeremiah, I think, and I think I've seen this cross-stitched on a, a plaque somewhere in a church, is uh, the verse uh, out of Jeremiah 29, 11, where it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Now, I want to say this passage was written for a specific time and place, and as we look at Scripture, we need to know that. But from this, we can learn a lot about God. You know, he has plans for us. He wants to be with us. He wants us to wholeheartedly seek after him. As we enter into a time of inviting God into the next year, I want you to be aware of the fact that God already has plans for you. And us planners, we need to take that into account and accept that God has better plans for us. Let's take a few moments to pray about the coming year. And, and like the lament section, I'm going to give you a few things to think about as we pray. If you have something that comes up that's better, ignore me. Um, but as we go into this time, let's pray. Father God, we are entering a new chapter in our lives a time when we often make goals for the new year, a time when it feels like we can start fresh, a time when whatever happened last year, we can, we can wash away and, and look forward to something new. Family, as we take time to pray, ask God for his guidance for you and for your family as you personally approach this new year. Family, we know that we are called to pray for our leaders. We are called to pray for our leaders whether we pick them or we don't pick them. And these leaders, they often have plans for what our country should look like and the laws that are enacted. Take a few moments to ask God to influence these plans. Take a few moments to pray for our leaders and ask that God reveal himself to them and that he make an uh, everlasting impact on their lives.
family, as we enter this new year, invite God into places where there is no peace. Roughly 10% of Spokane is Slavic, and many of them come from Russia and Ukraine. Pray for a lasting peace and that God's justice, peace, and mercy will be revealed to those who are fighting. There are many other places in this world where there is not peace, that people desperately need God. Ask for God's mercy throughout all creation. Family, as we lay out our plans for the new year, they may involve many people who don't know Jesus. Take a few moments to pray for those in your life who you are purposely pouring into who don't know Christ. Maybe that's a grandson who never knew the Lord. Maybe that's a neighbor who's going through a really hard time right now and you just, you just don't know what to say, but you know he desperately needs Christ. Maybe this is a friend at work who you talk about a lot of things, but you shy away from talking about faith. Take a few moments to pray for two or three people in your life this year who you are going to pray for and invest in. And as you're praying for them, write their first names down on the the sheet that you grabbed as you came in that, that you can hang somewhere as a reminder that, hey, I'm going to invest in these people I'm going to pray for these people. I'm going to love hard on these people this coming year, just like Jesus loves on me. Father, we're, we're going to lift up all these names of people that are being written down. And Father, we know that you desire a deep relationship with everyone on this planet. We ask, Father, that you be opening the door to conversations, that your spirit be descending on people, uh, that lives be transformed. Father, we ask that 2023 is a year of holy unrest a year where we feel your spirit move, a year where we know we have plans, but we know that your plans are more important than ours. Father, we trust that you are in control this year, and we invite you into the next 365 days, expectant that you're going to move among us. Amen.
please stand with us as we sing our final song. There's a grace when the heart is under fire. Another way when the walls are closing in. When I look at the space between where I used to be and the strengthening, I know I will never be alone. There was another. another in the waters holding back the seas should I ever need be invited of how I've been set free there is a cross that bears the bird where another died for me there's another in the fire
takes us in the coming year, and uh, we trust that he'll be walking with us every step of the way. Um, Our benediction today comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 20 says, Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. You're dismissed.